Welcome to the 313 Men, Money, and Marriage podcast, where facts, logic, and reasoning are at the forefront of every conversation. And in this episode, we're going to talk about building a healthy father-daughter relationship with our special guest, Mr. Wayman Daniels. We will discuss what roles does a father play in his daughter's life, what a daughter needs from her father, what are the positive benefits, and what are the challenges of raising a daughter, And lastly, how does a father support her decisions? So sit back, relax, and enjoy as we delve deep into this issue. Welcome back to the 313 Men, Money, and Marriage podcast. And as I did say in the intro, we are going to talk about building a healthy father-daughter relationship. And what I forgot to mention in the intro is that I do have a guest who will be here. His name is uh, Wayman Daniels. We'll get to him in a second. But one thing that we like to do here on the podcast, as you know, and pretty much mostly all of our episodes, we go over the statistics pertaining to our subject matter. So I'm going to just go over a few of them really fast, and then we'll get down to the, the interview with Mr. Daniels. First thing is 24.7 million, or 33% of children, don't live with their biological father. Children in grade school, over 30%, live in homes without their biological fathers. And 57% of black children, 31% of Hispanic children, and 21% of white children do not live with their biological fathers. So I thought this would be an important subject matter since we are a podcast based on men, money, and marriage. And one of the reasons why I wanted to do this particular episode was because I came across an article where there was a Harvard uh, parenting expert who basically said that fathers need to do eight things to make sure that their daughter is raised with more confidence and is strong-minded, which we'll probably cover a few of them later on in the podcast. But there's a couple quick quotes that I want to jump into as we get started here. It says here, one of them is, it says, girls... And relationships with their fathers not only shape their childhood experience, but will also influence how she interacts with men in her adult years. If the father is absent or erratic in his behavior, this will set her up for feelings of low self-esteem and troubles with trusting men. Another point is, we, it says here, close relationships with fathers for the daughters tends to lead to less stress and women view themselves in a more positive light when compared to those who have more conflicting or toxic bonds with their dad. So with that being said, I'm going to bring my guest on. Would everyone please welcome Mr. Wayman Daniels. How you doing, Mr. Daniels? I'm doing well in yourself. All right. Mr. Daniels, me and Mr. Daniels met on a, on a what did we call it? I guess it's an audio social social media app. Yes, the um, Wisdom app, which is an audio uh, audio app. Correct. And it's, it's basically geared towards, I guess, people being mentors and you get some valuable information. I heard him doing a talk on there one night and I says, oh, wow, this guy is very, very intelligent, very bright and is hitting some subject matter that I think most of us need to hear. So we exchanged information and he did, he was 
gracious enough to uh, give up a little bit of his time to uh, jump on the podcast. So, Mr. Daniels, can you just give us a little bit, bit of background on who you are and what you're doing right now? Well, I, I come from, I'm just give you a small synopsis of where I come from and where I'm at now. I'm a former drug addict, former gangbanger, um, did seven years in the state penitentiary, um, went to the United States Navy, got an honorable discharge, um, was married, got married again, got my second wife. I have eight children. Um, five daughters and three sons. And right now I'm a leadership strategist and a podcaster and a retired veteran. Wow. So you have a, you, you have a very well, a very well-rounded uh, background in history. Yeah. And one of the reasons I did want to have you on the podcast is because you told me that you had five daughters. So <laughs> I says, I don't know if I can find anyone else that I, that I know in my circle of anything that has that many daughters. So I figured you would be kind of the, the perfect person to ask uh, some of these questions too. Yeah. So you, you've had a very uh, interesting life. What yeah. was, uh, I guess when, before we get into the, the, the subject matter, uh, when you, when you came on, I think it was maybe a couple of weeks ago. And did you, when you were on the wisdom app, did you think you would get the response that you got? Because a lot of people, who were, who were coming on, they, they said you really touched them with some of the things that you said. Well, I wasn't, when I first went on the Wisdom app, which was last week talking about this topic that I had brung up, I was only going to be on a half hour. I wasn't looking for the response that I have. I was on for two and a half hours. And what that showed me that is that there are a lot of more people out there dealing with the same things that I deal with or dealt with. And so I wasn't looking for that response, but I'm glad I did get the response that I have. I, I did get because it lets me know that what I'm doing is, is, is I'm, I guess you can say, paying off, trying to help others. Great, great. And so what I'm going to do really quick as we jump into this topic, I'm going to go over a couple. We're going to try and hit all eight of them with the, the Harvard uh, parenting expert said. Okay. We'll just cover, I, I do the very first one, and then uh, I get your input on what, what that particular one is, and then maybe I jump in and ask you a question pertaining mm -hmm. to you personally on how you're dealing with your personal situation. Okay. All right, the first thing that the, 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 uh, the expert here from Harvard said, said basically was, don't be intimidated to talk to your daughter about uncomfortable topics says there's a lot of times when you will have to, uh, there's not just teaching lessons, but your, mm -hmm. your daughter might want you to discuss certain things that most men might feel a little bit uncomfortable with talking to their daughter. It's sort of like those topics where you say you might want to ask your mother that question kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and the reason why I bring this up is because there's a lot of women who said when they were adults, as they became mm -hmm. adults, they wish that their father had these uncomfortable conversations with them. They think it might've helped them be more prepared yeah. as they were going into, I guess, the modern day dating market per se. Mm -hmm. how, how do you feel about that? Well, me personally, I always been up front with my children, my daughters, especially because I, I feel as though it's just my opinion as being a father is that they come out with a disadvantage because of the question that you just posed to me that some a lot of fathers are intimidated by certain topics but I had to be I had to refuse to be um, 
I guess you can say, intimidated by those questions. Because sometimes your children, your daughters, especially the ones we're talking about, need to hear from a male's perspective. I, I would never, and, and this is something that I would like to share with your listening audience. And this was a topic that me and my, one of my daughters had where my daughter was sexually assaulted in college. Wow. And so we had to have that discussion because I had to be there with her to talk to her while she was going through that crisis and to build her up. Um, and then I also talked to my daughters and just, just to show you that the importance of, of a father, because we're supposed to be there to protect our children and to encourage our children and build them up. And I'm glad that I was there for her. Now, I'm going to go here just for a moment. I, I came home in 2008 and one of my daughters that was um, sexually assaulted in college, my mother said something to me and she says, you would go back to jail for that one. Mm-hmm. I told my mother I begged the difference. I said, because if I go back to jail, like I would be doing her a disservice because what she needs someone home. Now just think if I was back in prison because of the situation, calling her collect from the department of corrections, she didn't need to hear that. She needs her father's touch, her father's love at home. And I told my mother at that time, I said, she needs me home. So I would not go back to jail for anyone, but I need to be there spiritually, emotionally, and physically. And once I came to that conclusion, I've been doing my job ever since. That's really good. And it's funny that you just say that because the second, the second thing that he says that you need to have out of the eight is mm-hmm. to, is to physically be there. Yeah. And, and what it does say here, it says that it basically says here, bringing her, her snack or, or helping her when she studies is just part of mm-hmm. it. But the actual presence in her life, and making yourself available to talk is the most important, one of the most important things. And that sounds exactly what you did. And probably, yes. and probably honestly, one of the most traumatic, if not the most traumatic situation a woman can be in. Yes. Yes. Because Mr. Johnson, I, I go back to the infant stage, you know, we have our children and the most important thing they get from the father and the mother is that touch. They just want to be held that they can be crying. They can be acting out. But as soon as you hold them, all chaos just stops. And that goes from empathy on up to adulthood. No matter how old they get, they still need their father. They still need their mother to comfort them. I got my daughter's 24, 28, 20, and then I have 11-year-old and I have a 4-year-old. I still have to give them that physical touch because there's nothing like that physical, psychological, and emotional touch. That's that's really big. I always say, you know, I talked about it on the podcast before mm-hmm. we were talking about children and I was saying the different dynamics between boys and girls. And I've mentioned and I did a Father's Day episode and we talked about mm-hmm. more or less the sons. But I was just basically saying boys from we get from the fathers is we learn through imitation and copy. Yeah. So we just see what dad does and we kind of copy and mimic dad's behavior. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like we're modeling for them and showing them what to do. And then we're teaching them as well. But a lot of boys pick up little subtleties that Mm -hmm. we do, little subtleties that we do. And with girls, they tend to learn from us. A lot of it is how we treat the women in our lives. Yeah. How how we interact. And and if we're in a relationship with their mother and Mm -hmm. we're married to their mother, what is that relationship like? What's the dynamic of that relationship? Mm-hmm. And they pick that up and they take that into adulthood. 
Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what they begin to look for as they start to want to settle down into a long-term relationship or marriage. Mm -hmm. And I always, I always felt that if, if, if uh, dads really wanted to help their daughters, that the actual physically being there Mm -hmm. and modeling behavior on how to treat a woman, I think those are probably the two most important things that father can give to his daughter. That's so true. You know, it seems, it seems like you're inside my head because I, I, I shared a, a, a piece of this on the uh, other, the wisdom app. And I was telling people, I'm going to share it here. When I was upstate doing time, my 12-year-old daughter, it coincides exactly what you're saying. She sat across from me on the visiting floor in, at the table in the visiting room. And she says, Dad, I said, yes, baby. She says, I want a man just like you. Wow. Now, mind you, I'm in the state penitentiary. Mind you, I've been doing drugs all her life. I've been a womanizer her whole life. I've been gangbanging her whole life. And then my vernacular was nothing like it is now. So I had to look at my daughter and looked at myself. And I cut the visit short and went to my cell and cried. Wow. Because I didn't realize how much. I was influencing my daughter in the wrong way. And then I had to make some co- a conscious choice and decision to change my life. And I read an article, this guy, he came up to me, we call him professor, I want to mention his real name. He came up to me in the penitentiary and he says, I want you to read this article. And the article was by Malcolm X and the article Malcolm X said, it's not a shame to go to prison, but it's a shame to leave the same way you came. Yeah, so I made a yeah. conscious decision to start changing who I was. But that takes a lot of work because I was damaging my children and didn't even realize the behind being selfish. That's that's absolutely that's that's really good because that that is true because a lot of it is mm-hmm. just your own personal selfishness as to why yeah. you know you're in that situation in a lot of a lot of times. I'm gonna just ask you one really quick question. Okay, Here, oh, I'm gonna ask you a few, but I, we'll start here with this particular one. The person that you are now, what are, what are some of the things you do to help your daughters kind of reach those, those long-term goals? Well, the best thing that I can do for my children, and, or anyone for that matter, I was talking to a lady just yesterday, because I'm an advocate also in the, in the community with um, Stop the Violence. And she says, how do you reach those that don't want to be reached, and how do you get them to change who they are or to think the way that we need them to think as far as changing, changing community norms. And Mr. Johnson, the best answer I can give you for my children or anyone for that matter is to be consistent and show them through example, but also show them through love. If I can show them through consistency that I, because one of my daughters, she was so afraid when I came home that I was going, going to go back that she, she never got close to me until recently. See, because again, the damage that I was doing. So what I do now is be consistent on a consistent basis, be who I say that I am and be that positive light in their life and communicate to them in such a way that I believe that it's being effective and that they can hear what I'm saying. Not being a dictator, but maybe giving some some soft suggestions and then let them come up with their own ideas and then they can move them in that direction. So I believe in being consistent, but love. Again, that touch. It never, it never stops. It never ceases. I must always do that. And so I encourage them to be the best that they can be. Um, I never forget one of my daughters was going to college here. And 
I told her that some people are going to see her outside of who she is. And when they do, don't get disheartened by that, but know that you are not that person. Behold, two weeks later, someone belittled her in such a fashion that she came to me and said, Dad, I appreciate what you said to me because it gave me strength in the midst of an adverse situation. So I try to I try to drop jewels on them and point them in the right, right direction again by allowing them to look at my past and look at where I'm at and let them know that they can't achieve anything that they want to achieve. They just have to continue to to, to press forward. Wow, that, that's really good. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's I don't know if there's something going on here, but one of the one the reason why I'm saying this is because the things that you're talking about on, on the very first episode that I did on mm-hmm. this podcast, it was called the four pillars of manhood. Yes. And I said, when a, a, a man sort of becomes a man and, and the light bulb kind of goes off in his head and he figures it out, I said, mm-hmm. he displays these four pillars. And I call and I say they are decisiveness, maturity, strength, and last consistency. Yeah. And so once I tell women on the other side of, because my audience is about 30% women. So, but I tell them, mm-hmm. I say, listen, I says, if you meet a man that displays those four pillars, yes. regardless of how much money he's making, regardless of where he's at in his life at that point in time, regardless if he got off to a slow start and he's now figuring mm-hmm. it out and he's a little older, but he's figuring it out. I says all, all mostly everything that you're going to want is going to come That's because, right. because he he's, he's on that path and that trajectory and he's going to get you, mm-hmm. you the stuff that you're looking for. You're eventually right. going to get those things. That's and right. and so that's why I say that in that consistency, when you brought that up, I was like, wow, that's, that's, that's dead on. That's the, one of the main yes. reasons that you have to do that. Yes. Yes. And you know, Mr. Johnson, I want to throw this in there. Um, I have a lot of stories that happened in my life because I've been through a lot, but the same information that you're hearing now was in me when I was doing drugs, when I went to prison, when I was gangbanging, but it was up under a dirty cover, a dirty book. Or, or a dirt, like I said, a dirty cover. But the pages had a wealth of information, but nobody, no one wanted to get to know who I was because they were looking at the cover. But the information in the man is still the same. But nobody took the time to find out about the man or even to help the man to display the man, even in the midst of going through what I went through. And I say that to say this, I had to go through that process of growth and development to get where I am today. In other words, I had to just say, Wayman, have self-confidence in you and stop believing what other people say about you, but believe in yourself. Misdiagnosed as a child. They told me I was going to be, I was dumb. I was super dumb. I kid you not. Family members told me I was super dumb that I'll never amount to anything at seven and up until 12 years old and that I was going to always be a bum. And so I became what they said. But mm. then I walked, I walked in this corridor called Department of Corrections and ask myself, how did I get here? And I had to realize, Wayman, you made bad choices and you allowed someone else's diagnosis to become your reality. Wow. Now, c- come into this place and walk in who you are and be Wayman, smart and intelligent and love. But my community environment, when I was going growing up, told me you can't love because we were taught that boys were supposed to be hard, boys don't love, boys supposed to be this. And then when your influences are pimps, on the block and drug addicts. And then your real father's not there. So you, you don't have a father at home. All you have is a mother and four, I have four sisters and, and being the only boy, my influencers were the wrong people. 
because back then they had uh, movies, Billy D. Billy D. Williams being the player. So you look at all these false role models that I had, and I became exactly what I was eating. But then in turn, I had to change all that to become who I know I am, not only for myself, but for my children and for my community. <laughs> wow, that's really good. That's really, really good. Yeah, and you know, it's it's funny, like you said, you didn't have that that male in the house to necessarily model the behavior from. So mm-hmm. a lot of times some young boys, when they have that, they go to the streets. And yes. I always tell them when I do have contact with them and I you know, speak to them at you know, mentoring programs and different things like mm-hmm. that. One thing I always tell them is I says to them, the streets have no love. You, you, you might love the streets. Mm-hmm. The, the streets don't love you back. This That's is true. this is a one way abusive relationship, and you're mm-hmm. being, you're the one being abused. That's so true. I always tell them, look, it may feel good for you in the moment, but mm-hmm. once you when you you cross the line and you end up in a in a, in a jail cell, the streets yeah. don't the streets don't come in there with you. You know, it's just yeah. it's just you by yourself, and you know yeah. you know maybe some people you knew when you was out there too, but mm-hmm. basically you're sort of on your own dealing with That's that. True. Uh, let me get to a, one other thing I want to ask you real quick. It just says okay. here, one, uh, how, do, how do you, you know, you have, you have uh, you know, you said you have five daughters and yes. how, how is it, how do you make time out of your busy schedule to make time for your daughters? Cause mm-hmm. you still have some in the house. I do. I do. I have three in the house, my 20 year old, my 11 year old and my four year old. And, and I, I forgot to tell you guys, I'm also in school. <laughs> wow. That's why I said your schedule. I, 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 your schedule is so busy. I'm like, I don't know if he's going to have time to come on. But. <laughs> but, you know, the one thing that I, I have learned, and I, I, I use this, I watched the Ford commercial back in the day, and my wife always asked me the same question. How do you do it? I said, I'm built for it tough. I was built just for this. Okay. And when you love something or someone, you always make time for them. I have my little four-year-old. I just bought her a lovely book, picked her up from school after I got out of school. And I said to myself before I'm picking her up from school, I said, I'm going to read her story. Okay, I came home, done my homework, and she was laying on the couch just looking so beautiful. You know how you look at your baby, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> a proud power moment. And I called her in the room and I read the story. And after I read the story, I allowed her to read to me. Again, by example, by consistency, but also by touch. My 20-year-old, me and her wake up and talk every day. I send her a text while she's in school telling her how much I love her and how proud I am of her. So it's always, I always make time for my daughters and for my family because, again, um, Mr. Johnson, I want to say this. The Bible says charity begins at home. So my love must start not only with myself, but also with my children, with my wife and my family. And then I assimilate it to other people. But my main ministry and my main focus is my children and my marriage and my home. That's really good. It sounds like you're providing that admiration that young girls need as they're growing yeah. up. And that's one another a key thing that men have to provide their daughters as they're going yeah. forward. There. So that, that's that's really good. One other, I'm going to cover a couple more of these, like I said, okay. uh, that he talked about. One of them he says here, create moments of connection. Mm-hmm. And, and listen to this. It says, pick mm-hmm. something to watch or read together. Now, what I want to <laughs> say for you now, this is I'm giving you this information afterwards. So you're nailing it. So yeah. what I want to say is that <laughs> one of the most important things you can do to your children is in the evening or at some point, 
when they are at the age, when they're young like that, is to read, mm-hmm. to, read to them pretty much every day. Yes. They pick up so much from reading. So that that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And it also says, you know, to plan little small father-daughter type dates with them. Just just you yeah. and one of the daughters, per se. You know, mm-hmm. they, you give them that individual attention. Yeah. And then another one here, it says to capitalize on teachable moments. Yeah. So it says basically here, if you're watching something together and something comes up that uh, you might, it might show an unhealthy relationship, use mm-hmm. that moment to explain to them why it's unhealthy and what they can do to become healthy. So yeah. what, what are your thought processes on that? Well, I think that I've, I always learned this that every moment should be a teachable moment because everything that you do and everything that you see should be, you should learn something from it. I don't care what it is or how it is, but always what I believe that what you're showing them is that you're expanding your exploration and you're also expanding your educational level on your thinking capacity. I think that's so important because what is the lesson behind this? What is the lesson behind the tree growing? What is the lesson behind cutting the grass? What is the lesson of your dog wanting you to come up to pet him. What is the lesson behind watching this movie? What are you getting from it? And how can it affect your life? So I look at life as, as a teachable moment, every single thing. What, am, what can I gain from this? Because, and, and I teach my children this, and so we have dialogues about, okay, what did you get out of it? That's I have my, I have my, my 20-year-old daughter, I just gave her a book uh, by Miles Monroe um, about dating what to look for when you date. She's 20 years old. And so I talked to her about dating, but I want her also to read literature about dating. So that way she'll know how to date without putting herself in a position of, you know, because what I believe in that we don't, we don't have sex until we get married. We live in a Christian home. And so I got her Christian literature that will help um, enforce that type of teaching and let her, and she's doing a wonderful job. She's reading that book and she says, I really enjoyed. So just teaching them, hey, we can have dialogue about this. She has a, a boyfriend that she's been going with now for a year and a half. And I met him. And the beautiful thing about that, Mr. Johnson, guess what? She brought the young man home to me so I could meet him. And he asked me, was it okay for him to date my daughter? Wow. Now, you, you don't see you that too much no more. <laughs> you don't hear that too much. That's a proud father moment. And may I share this with you? Yes. I'm her stepdad. Wow. Wow. And only only been in her life five years. So that lets me know the role of the man is very important. So are we being the best version of who we can be for our daughters so that when they pick a man, it's a reflection of who we are and what we believe in, meaning having great character and great integrity. Yeah, that's, that's really good. I, I tell people mm-hmm. being, being a step parent is probably yeah. the, hard, the hardest job that you yeah. can probably do be just because there's so many mm-hmm. un, unseen variables that pop up. And yes. it's, it's really not an easy job, but that's, that's good. And this is going to segue into my next question. Mm-hmm. I was just going to ask you, how, how, do, how do you influence your, your daughter's romantic life pertaining mm-hmm. to kind of who she wants to date and the quality of her relationship? So what are some suggestions that you do, you do to uh, get them to that point? It sounds like you did pretty good if, the, if that's the, the person <laughs> she brought home. So. Um, but you know what? I, I, I also, the beautiful thing about it, I let them see their mother and I just being husband and wife, having great conversation. We look at each other with beauty and smile at each other. 
and we we show affection towards one another. And that's so important, but we also teach the, the importance of family time. That's family dynamics. We talk as a family, watch TV as a family. And so I allow them to see that, but I'm only doing who I am. That's who I am. And so they're learning from by watching the example. You know, they 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 be sitting back like, wow, man, y'all have such, and, and, and believe it or not, Mr. Johnson, we have other people come over, family members. And you know what they tell us? That, wow, you guys have so much fun. I want to have a marriage just like yours. Oh, because that's good. We, you have to lead by example, but you're, but you're doing it because that's who you are. You can't be afraid to love. You can't be afraid to show love. You can't be afraid, as, some, as we would put it, men don't like to do it, some of us, be vulnerable. Oh, but yeah. I'm not being, I'm just in love. I'm, I'm going to tell you a joke. My mother, my mother, uh, she stays right around the corner from me. <laughs> I used to go see her every day. But I stopped because I got married two years ago, been with my wife five years. Okay. But I stopped going as much as I used to go. And so I went over there one day. My mother said, oh, you bring your henpeck behind over here to see me? <laughs> and I looked at her. I said, your husband in the room. I said, ain't nothing wrong with me coming to see you every now and then. I said, but if you call me henpeck, I'm okay with it because I love my wife. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that, that's real good. <laughs> <laughs> they call us all types of names because they're not used to seeing that type of love being exhibited. Sure, sure. And so my whole thing is to take that which is normal in our community, which is not seeing the father in the home, not seeing the father loving, is that that's a community norm. And change that community norm and make it a new norm and start seeing fathers in the home. Start seeing black fathers loving their wives, loving their family, being positive. And so I just, I just, I made a conscious decision and effort saying I'm going to, make a difference. I want to say this and then I'll let you come back in because this is very important. Um, Harriet Tubman was being interviewed by a newspaper reporter and the newspaper reporter said, "Miss Tubman, you ought to be awfully proud and happy about the accolades and freeing a lot of slaves. And she says, no, I'm not proud of that. That's not my highest moment. And he says, why not? She says, I could have freed a lot more slaves if they knew they were slaves. I say that to say this. A lot of people are slaves to ignorance, afraid to love. I refuse to be a slave to not wanting to love my family and being the best version of myself. And I can free a lot more people if they understand and be open to learning and get rid of these old community norms and what, the way we were taught and the way we were brought up to certain degrees and say, you know what? I want to be a better father. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better uncle. I want to be a better person. I, I stopped doing that when I went to prison. I mean, can you imagine not just being in physical prison, but what about psychological and emotional prison? Yes. That, that's rough. Yes, there's 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 a lot of people in that in that prison, you know, as we, mm-hmm. we talk about it. I think you know, I, I tell some some, you know, guys mm-hmm. too that are out on a dating market, you know, I tell them, you know, in society today, we kind of mm-hmm. view kindness as a weakness, but weakness. kindness is actually a strength because a strength. you're you're literally loaning something that you're good at to someone who doesn't have it or is weak at it. And so a lot of guys are saying, well, if women are attracted to this type, I'm just becoming this type of a person. And I says, Mm -hmm. well, the problem is, is that now you got two people who got the formula backwards. Right. (laughs) So, 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 you know, you got two people doing it backwards now. So, and and you're the, the, the crazy thing and the ironic thing about it 
is yeah. you're expecting a good outcome. Right. And it, when it doesn't come, people don't know what to do because there's no manual on this. You know, That's I right. mean, people have written books and everything, but we're not taught this in school. We're not in, in, in majority of the homes is not being taught. That's so right. That's right. we don't, you know, we don't have a, you know, so it's, it's our jobs mm-hmm. as, as, as men to not only be leaders, but we need to be doing the teaching of some of this sure. stuff, explaining to people that this is how it actually really works. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm, just, I'm going to just go over one or two more of these points and then I'm going to ask you one more question and then we'll wrap okay. up here. It just says, and you covered this actually, it says repeat habits that you want her to adopt. And it says here, there's two suggest, there's three, uh, three things that they mentioned. And listen to this. Don't do drugs. Don't, right. don't text while driving. Mm-hmm. And don't give into pressure to doing drugs. Right. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? And then well, it, says, it says, one other quick, quick, quick thing that I'll let mm-hmm. you answer that. The next one, it just says, it's curb multitasking. So try not to get a bunch of emails and it says emails and calls can basically wait, you know, the, the the time, you know, you can step away from that stuff for a minute and then give some time to your, your child. So what do you think about that? Oh man. You know, as you were talking about the drugs and the text and I understand the definition of the drug is a mind altering substance. Right. And so just think if you're texting, you have an accident, it's going to definitely alter your mind. So everything that you just said, and then certain things about, I forgot what the third one was. What was the third one again? The third one was don't give into the pressure of doing drugs, meaning like the, the negative peer influences, the mm-hmm. negative peer pressure, basically. All that, all that is mind altering from who you really are. Everything you just talked about, the drugs and don't give into it and the, the texting while driving, everything seems so important. Those things seem like they're important, but they're really not because it takes you away from who you are and what you're supposed to be doing. So if I do drugs, it takes me off my course because it just altered my mind to have me start thinking a certain way. But also people don't understand that when you do drugs, it makes you depressed. It's yes. a dep- it, it makes you depressed. It takes me from my joyous state. And so if I'm texting while I'm driving, it takes me off my course to where I'm supposed to be going to my destination. And sometimes if I get off course and get off and not focus on where I'm going in my destination driving, I can have an accident, which can cost me my life. And then if I succumb to peer pressure because my peers are doing it, putting subtle pressure on me to do something that I really don't want to do, then I'm really not being true to who I am because I just got off course. Everything you just mentioned was a mind altering substance or a thing that took me off my original course. Yeah, that's true. And and one of the things they say is, you know, when you, you being mm-hmm. a father, head of the household, once if you if you start to develop an issue pertaining to drugs or anything to that effect, there, you're the lead. So everything yeah. that you're doing from mm-hmm. that point on is affecting everyone who is beneath you. So they they feel you see the thing is what's crazy about it is that when you feel bad, mm-hmm. you get to get high. Right. When they feel bad, they just feel bad. And they're feeling bad because you're getting high. That's right. right. (laughs) So it's like a, it's like a crazy uh, revolving circle there, but it's just like, they don't get to do what you do to relieve the pain and pressure. Even though when you, the the high wears off, the pain comes back stronger, but they're not, they're not able to uh, do what you're doing to relieve Mm -hmm. the pain. So they kind of go through it kind of on their own, really, you know, which is tough. I'm going to get to, I'm just going to get to this last question here and then we'll wrap it up here. It just says, lastly, 
If you had a time machine and can go back into time, would you do anything differently pertaining to raising your daughters? Well, I always tell my, my wife this, and I was talking to her because when I, when I, um, I thought about this question, and I just said, babe, I'm going to just be honest. I can't go back in time. But what I can do is deal with the time that I have now and make the best moments with the time that I have now to make memorable moments for them from this day forward. And so to say that I would go back, I, w- I can say, yeah, I would change this, I would change that. But in reality, I can't change anything. Only thing I can change is from this moment forward. And so that's the best way I can answer that question from this day forward from what I did yesterday. I want to change anything I've done from yesterday and, ma- and be a better person for today. So basically that present is going to dictate what's going to happen in the future, which is, you know, that's, that's a really good point. Yeah. All right. So you dropped some, 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 some jewels on the, uh, the, the podcast here. So is there anything <laughs> that you want to promote or tell people where they at, where they can find you and listen to you? Because you mm-hmm. really have some valuable information that you share with the public and you're really, you're, you're really gracious with your time about it. So is there anything like that that you have? I have several um, social media outlets. You can go on TikTok, Wayman Daniels, W-A-Y-M-O-N Daniels, um, Facebook, Wayman Daniels, Instagram, Wayman Daniels, Wisdom app, Wayman Daniels. But if you really wanted to, to contact me on a personal level so we can talk about uh, anything like that, they can just simply email me at Daniels, D-A-N-I-E-L-S, Wayman, W-A-Y-M-O-N, 248 at yahoo.com and you can just inbox me and we can have dialogue i i would give my phone number but i don't do that until i I start knowing people as far as that's personal information but if you want to get in contact me just email me and we can have some dialogue and they can i will be more than happy mr johnson to talk with anyone because i was told this and i was said the information was given to me for free and i give it away and we will probably come back we'll release the episode and we'll come back the following week And with all that being said, we are out.